Welcome to Words Matter with Katie Barlow and Joe Lockhart. Joe, last week you and Adam previewed the new Wondery podcast, American Elections, Wicked Game. And the response from our listeners was really positive. Yeah, it turns out that our podcast listeners like to listen to other podcasts. So this week we thought to expand beyond politics and tell you about The Next Big Idea, another new podcast from Wondery. From the people who brought you Business Wars and American Innovations, The Next Big Idea is hosted by Rufus Griscom and features Malcolm Gladwell, Susan Cain, Adam Grant, and Dan Pink. These legendary thought leaders will be your personal guides to the next wave of ideas and innovations that are about to revolutionize our personal and professional lives. From business and science to health and culture, each week, The Next Big Idea will bring you their favorite new ideas. Ideas that may change the way you live, work, and think. So in this preview, the next big idea questions Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000-hour rule. You'll remember in his best-selling book, Outliers, Gladwell said that to be truly great at something, you need 10,000 hours of practice. But since then, David Epstein has challenged that idea in his best-selling book, Range. Let's take a listen. While you're listening to this preview, be sure to subscribe to The Next Big Idea on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us right now. You can also find a link in the notes for this episode. A boy is born in a mid-sized town in Northern California. When he's seven months old, his father buys the boy a small putter that he drags around in his little circular baby walker as he learns to walk. At 10 months old, he picks up a club and tries to mimic a swing. He's not old enough to understand concepts, so his dad draws pictures to show him how to place his hands on the grip. At age two and a half, the boy appears on a popular television talk show. Producers set up a putting green, and then the toddler comes out with a miniature golf bag draped over his shoulder. Two clubs almost as tall as he is are packed inside. Two other guests on the show, Bob Hope and Jimmy Stewart, look on as the boy tees up and then sends a golf ball careening across the stage. How about a putting contest with Mr. Hope? Can he putt too? Oh, yes. Okay, we'll let him putt first. At age four, his dad regularly leaves the boy at a local golf course in the morning to practice and picks him up at the end of the day. By 14, he's put in thousands of hours learning how to drive, putt, and slice. By 15, he will win the Junior Amateur Golf Championship. And by 21, he will become the youngest player ever to win the Masters. For years, Tiger Woods will be the most dominant golfer in the world. But no one is surprised that such a great player started playing so early. Or that he was laser-focused on his sport and had far more than 10,000 hours of practice under his belt. It makes sense. That's how champions are made. Or are they? 5,000 miles away, in a mid-sized town in Switzerland, lives another boy. He enjoys playing lots of different sports, basketball, handball, soccer, tennis. He also skis, wrestles, and skateboards. He dabbles. When he's in his teens, he decides to spend more time on tennis, although he still plays soccer and a few other sports. His parents don't push him towards any particular sport. Twelve years later, at age 21, he wins his first Grand Slam tennis tournament, and then goes on to win 19 more. It's so nice, you know, to share this moment. And thanks to everybody, it's great! Congratulations, Roger Federer! 
two of the best athletes of their generation, two very different paths to greatness. Tiger had an early start, tens of thousands of hours of practice, dedicated training, and singular focus. Everything a world-class athlete is supposed to have. But Roger had something that Tiger didn't. Something that our next big idea curator, Malcolm Gladwell, is going to speak about with David Epstein. Epstein has written a fascinating new book on exactly what makes Roger Federer's journey different from Tiger's. Roger had range. From Wondery, I'm Rufus Griscom, and this is The Next Big Idea. I founded The Next Big Idea Club, along with authors Malcolm Gladwell, Susan Cain, Daniel Pink, and Adam Grant, to connect people to some of the boldest new thinking, shaping our culture and our future. Each week on the podcast, we bring you one idea with the power to change the way you see the world. This week, we're taking a new look at the science of success and whether success is assured more from focusing deeply on one thing or from having a range of experiences. The story you heard at the top of the show is from a book called Range, Why Generalists Triumph in a Specialized World. The author is David Epstein. He's a senior writer at Sports Illustrated, and his previous book, The Sports Gene, was a New York Times bestseller. Since it was published in May, Range has become a pop psychology phenomenon, the book every CEO is talking about. I can't stop talking about it for two reasons. First, it says the future belongs to generalists, not specialists. If you didn't start swinging a golf club at seven months, this is good news. It's a message of hope for those of us who are improvisers, samplers, dilettantes, hacks. Apparently, we've been on to something all along. And second, it almost completely rejects the premise of one of the most beloved pop psychology books of the last two decades, Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers. For those who haven't read it, Outliers was the book that famously spread the idea that you need to put in 10,000 hours of practice to become great at a specific discipline. The idea has become so widespread that Gladwell even gets name-checked in rap songs, like this one by Macklemore called 10,000 Hours. With all the heat surrounding this debate, we thought, wouldn't it be great to get these guys in the same room and just have them talk it out? So here they are, live from the 92nd Street Y, David Epstein, the author of Range, and the author of Outliers and our own Next Big Idea curator, Malcolm Gladwell. So we have these two, two of the greatest athletes of the last yeah. 50 years represent diametrically opposed models of development. One well-known, one unknown yes. development story. We're in love with the Tiger model. Yeah. If I polled the audience, yeah. most of them would say the Tiger implicitly is, is the model that leads to greatness. Mm-hmm. You're arguing, no, it's the Roger model. Why? It doesn't, I, one thing I've never understood is why did we fall in love with the Tiger model and not like the Roger model? Um, um, wait, I thought you made us fall in love with the Tiger model. Don't blame me. You're, I, I'm just, I did not write a book about sports. I'm just kidding. That Everyone says kidding. I wrote a book I know, about sports. I know. No, that's true. That, that, is, that is very true, that um, ideas that you started became outrageous in other hands in many cases. Um, but, but in terms of Tiger, as I think to steal, it's dramatic. It's incredibly dramatic. There's video of him on YouTube at age two. It, it makes a ton of intuitive sense. It's very easy for a prescription to tell people. 
Um, and I think, as you said, we're obsessed with precocity, right? You said these child prodigy videos are human cat videos. Um, and, and I think that's true, and I'm mad I didn't think of that line for my book. <laughs> but is that, an, is that enough, though? Because it's also clear that Tiger pays an extraordinary price for his precocity. That was just a preview of The Next Big Idea. To listen to the rest, subscribe to The Next Big Idea on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now.